We're on a mission from God. This is the St. Longinus's Baptism Podcast, Episode 4. The title of which is, Right Faith is Not Enough. And this is dedic- dedicated to the, to entirely to the set of a contest out there. Um, those of you who sat through my uh, introduction to the podcast um, know that I say true Catholic or true Catholics or true Catholicism, but I'm not going to make the assumption that if any set of accountists stumble on to this particular episode, uh, that they're that they're going to listen to the introduction. So. Uh, this is for, like I said, the set of accountants. So I'm I'm going to be using their terms. Um. Now, everything I say, I'm just going to get it out there. Everything that I say in this episode, I've been guilty of in the past, or am currently guilty of now. I will not. Um, I will not say that I'm a hypocrite insofar as I am working on my issues. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this stuff and being smug or self-righteous about it. I, I'm, I've been guilty of this. Now, um, The reason why I say right faith, right faith is not enough, and I haven't met too many set of accountants in person. Um, I only came on to set of accountism in 2018, and you know, quite frankly, the the only contact I have with real life set of accountants are the people who go to our church, and that's like at most twelve people. And, you know, it's not like we have barbecues or anything. So, um, you know, I don't know those people personally. Uh, So everything I'm going to talk about are observations that I've noticed from Sedvacantis on uh, social media or the Internet. And... This is, uh, in, in case you're a set of a contest and you haven't heard my introduction, this is not a general indictment on all set of a contest. These are, these are things that I've noticed on social media and the internet that some, not all, are guilty of. Um... First of all, I think that a lot of the set of accountants, once again, not all, um, are really are um, they really take their church for granted. 
they they're complacent. They don't realize, you know, that w- the church that they are part of is a blessing. It's a grace. You know, um, uh, for you set of contest out there who have not heard my introduction, uh, I started out Protestant, moved to the Norvis Ordo, and um, when the Norvis Ordo, when I realized that it was a house of cards waiting to fall, um, I left the church, but I had never, never heard a set of a contism. Not at all. And I was on social media at the time, and I ran across, I was subscribed to a lot of Catholics, and um, I ran into a set of a contest, and they explained to me the whole concept, and I, I was like, okay, I knew nothing about it, and quite frankly, I wasn't theologically I mean, I had a basics of Catholic doctrine, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be a theologian. So I got to know the doctrine or the, you know, I asked them questions. They answered them. And these guys were saints, by the way. Um, the people that interacted with me, because there was a certain segment of, the set of a contest I was following that would unfollow me as soon as they found out that I was basically, you know, uh, I wasn't going to a set of a contest church and, you know, that I was basically a, a half, a half pagan. But the, to the people out there who were on Twitter, who patiently answered my stupid questions and basically had patience and charity with me, um, I, I, I have a debt of gratitude to you guys. Um, and by the way, uh, just for future reference, those of you set of a contest that are on social media who have a self-righteous attitude or have a real, um, there's a word for it. Um, scrupulosity, scrupulosity. Just remember that not everyone, if, if, if you give a bad impression, not everyone who runs into you on social media is going to keep plowing ahead. They're probably going to write you off as a bunch of cranks and um, holier than thou. But anyway, but I just, I noticed that a lot of set of contests, they take, they take the church they're in for granted. They, they, uh, they, uh, they're complacent. And, you know, I, I am desperately trying to learn charity, but what I've been witnessing over the past Let's see, about four years. Yeah, four years. Um, I felt like I needed to say something. Um, I feel like I needed to say something. And I'm hoping, 
I'm hoping that the Holy Ghost reaches you and touches you and whatever I'm saying is, is from God and the Holy Ghost. Um, we'll find out though. But do you realize how many, um, how many Catholics and not just uh, uh, when I say Catholics, I'm obviously I'm not talking about true Catholics. I'm talking about, you know, traditionalists or, you know, people that are stuck in the nervous ordo who've never heard a set of a contism. And that doesn't even count the atheists, the agnostics, the secular and the Protestants. And by the way, guys, you know, you're not bled, or you're not you're not um you're not the chosen people, okay? If you read through church history, the 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 true Catholic Church was supposed to go out and convert people. Okay? So, you know, anyway, but um but you what I would recommend is that you should thank Almighty God every day for this grace and blessing that He has given to you. And, you know, <laughs> it, you should understand enough traditional Catholic theology to know that yeah, the family you got, the job you work, the spouse you have, everything you have is God's grace and blessing. And if you don't understand that concept, well, I would suggest uh, maybe reading some ca traditional Catholic books. Now, I got some questions I want to ask you guys. Are you trying to get as close to God as you should be? Not, not what you think, you know, oh, I do this, that's good enough. I mean, really, really doing as best as you can to know God. Or do you think that sitting in a pew one Sunday a week is enough? Hey, I, I make Sunday Mass. Yay! Well, <laughs> in the Norvis Ordo, um, the, the, the Catholics are the, the traditionally minded Catholics or what they call conservative Catholics, we had a contempt for those type, type of people who just thought that, you know, meeting their, you know, and by the way, some people didn't even make the, the one Sunday a week obligation. They showed up on Christmas and Easter. We call them C&E Catholics. Or... Do you go to the set of a contest church for the for this for what they call smells and bells, you know, the incense and um the fancy, you know, the nice church, you know, it's all gothic and stuff. Because that's not a good reason to go. Or do you think that the Latin mass 
as long as you go to the Latin Mass, that you're you're in good with God. Hey, I'm going to the Latin Mass. I'm going straight to heaven. I hate to tell you guys, if you're laboring under those delusions, you're absolutely wrong. Okay, you're absolutely wrong. Um, the Latin Mass is part of Catholic tradition, and the doctrine behind it, you know, is. You know, traditional Catholic, unlike the Norvis Ordo fake tradition and the uh, neo-Catholic fake traditionalist, too. Um, yes, the doctrine behind the the mass is is important, but you know, just just going to the uh, Latin mass ain't gonna get you into heaven. And um, it if if you're even conversant with traditional Catholic theology, you should understand this. But I, I ain't gonna lie; I'm a straight talker. I, I'm gonna give it to you. You know, um, no chaser. Um, a lot. I've 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 seen a lot of set of a contest on on online who seem ignorant of this fact. They seem ignorant of it. They think that, oh, I go to a Latin Mass. I'm getting into heaven. If you are laboring under that delusion, in all charity, I'm encouraging you to look into the matter. Um. Now, there are some people who think, well, I have the right faith. I don't need to do anything else. I'm, I'm in the, the real Catholic church. I don't have to do anything else. That's incorrect as well. Being, being a follower of Jesus is like joining the military. You're giving up everything. If you have a family, guess what? And you're in the military, and I'm ex-military, by the way. If you're in the military and you get deployed, your family gets left behind and you don't come back until the military says you come back. Being, being a follower of God is like that. So, um, you know, knowing, knowing, uh, assenting to the faith. Yeah, that's necessary for being a Catholic. But that's not the only thing you have to do. You know, um, you actually, you know, you actually have to serve God and know him. And um, have you guys not uh, read the epistle of St. Paul, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13, verses 1 through 13? Um, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to get in a, uh, a long discussion about it, but it talks about charity and charity is a two way street because God loved you and gave you a shot at salvation. He expects you in gratitude to treat everybody, everybody 
whether they're your enemy or not, with the same kind of charity that he that he gave you. Now, if you've never heard this passage of scripture or you're unfamiliar with the Bible, why is that? Now, when I was in the Norvis Ordos, or Norvis Ordo, um, Catholics from the old days, because uh, one of the one of the Norvis Ordo parishioners I was with was was a boomer from the pre-Vatican II era, and she said that the old school Catholics said, "Oh, we don't need to read the Bible. We wrote the Bible, and we get three readings at Mass." That's not wise, okay? You know, how many of you have a eidetic memory to where you're going to remember three passages every week, every passage that was said for like a five-year period? You know darn good and well you're not. Um, that's why, you know, I'll, I'll, um, I'm sure the Norvis Ordo had their reasons for encouraging Bible study. Now, if any of you have been in the Norvis Ordo, you'll notice something interesting. They don't have commentary in the majority of their Bibles. It's a very rare Norvis Ordo Bible that has commentary. And of course, the commentary that they do have is Vatican II stuff. So it's useless. Okay. But, you know, before the Norvis Ordo, uh, I, I I believe there are a couple popes who put out bulls that, hey, read your Bible. And uh, I know that there were bishops and priests who said, read your Bible. And while we're on the subject of the Bible, um, I, I'm not going to go off the assumption that the people listening are going to know all the information that I'm giving. So I'm going to give out the information that I know, and you can do with it what you will. Um, it is a matter of Catholic, I believe it's Catholic doctrine, that you are to read no Bible without a commentary. Okay, you're you're supposed to read the Bible with commentary. You you're not supposed to interpret the Bible for yourself. Now, I know um, that there are some Dewey Rames, and the Knox Bible doesn't have commentary. Um, you can get. There, there are scriptural commentaries online from the Haydock and the Chandler versions. It, it, you know, you could either look up on your computer or you can uh, go to a website. Oh. And then also, too, your traditional Catholic booksellers will sell commentaries. Um. 
I guess that's the only point I wanted to make on the Bible. Oh, I just remembered the last thing I was going to say. Avoid Bibles after 1958 like a vampire avoids sunlight. Those are Vatican II. And I'm speaking from experience as a former Nova Sordo that those Bibles are garbage. They're absolutely trash. So, all right, so, we, as, as, we have a duty, we have a duty as true Catholics or Sedevacantists, whatever your preferred term is, have a duty to get as close to our Lord and Savior and His Mother as pos, as close as we possibly can. Okay, our goal is not to get to purgatory. That's another thing that drives me nuts. Oh, I guess I'll go to purgatory. And here, you know, when I was in the Norvis Ordo, I had that, you know, that attitude. Well, as long as I get to purgatory, I'm not going to be a saint. I'm not going to be, you know, religious, uh, you know, um, I'll just get to purgatory. No. If you read the saints and their writings and you read the spiritual writers, they will tell you your goal is heaven. And I believe there are few passages in the New Testament about that. But, you know, wanting to only go to purgatory, to me, that's just laziness and lack of commitment. I'm going to do the bare minimum. Now, I want to ask you guys something. Do you do the bare minimum at work? Maybe some of you do. But I'm sure the majority of you do what your boss wants and, you know, you do whatever he asks and you you give as much of an effort as you can. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't treat God that way. And another thing, too, is We should not be so foolish as to assume that just because we have the correct faith, that that's our golden ticket to heaven. There is a reason that Catholic teachers use military metaphors, and that includes St. Paul, by the way. Um, you know, we are under the command of a divine king, and nothing is to get in the way of accomplishing the mission. And I've also, and this is less a set of a contest thing as it is just online in general. I don't have the time. Um, and I've actually been accused, well, you have no life, you can devote the time. But these very same people that made this accusation, they're doing, they're doing stuff that they feel is important. You know, I'm sorry. I don't have the time is rubbish. If it's important, you'll find the time. You will find the time. If it's important to you, you'll find the time. And, you know, if, if, if trying to be the best follower of Jesus and his mother is top on your priority list, 
then the stuff that's taking up time that's not so important, well, you'll find a way to lose it. And that that brings me to a further point. What can be more important than pleasing the one being God and his mother who you claim to love? Now, I know that some of you have large families, but that doesn't excuse you from making your best effort at pleasing God. Families before and around the 1800s they were large families. They, they ran anywhere from 9 to 15 kids, depending on the couple. Now, I'm, I'm sure some of them, you know, were terrible parents. But I'm sure some or most of the parents uh, were attempting to be pious and erase their children that way. So just because you have a large family to take care of doesn't mean you get to use that as an excuse. You know, um, no, obviously, if you have 19 kids or 12 or whatever, you know, you're you're not going to be in a monastery, you know, doing the liturgy of the hours. But, you know, you you can you could at least try, try to, you know, get close to God. If you're busy because you're preparing for the worst and those of you who are observant know exactly what I'm talking about, you don't necessarily have to to read church prophecy to know where this is going to end up. And by the way, by the way, Jesus said in his gospel, I don't know which one, that only the Father knows the time and the place. So even though it looks bad now, the the second coming may not come for another, you know, 50, 100 years. We don't know. So, but if you're, if you're out trying to build your community and, you know, trying to, you know, set up your little, um, set of the contest community, but you don't have a right relationship with God, then this is just my opinion. You take it for what it's worth. You're putting the cart before the horse. And I'll explain why I'm saying this. Let's just say, you know, I'm recording this on a Saturday. Let's just say Sunday happens and all chaos breaks out. Um, the governments have ordered that all non-vaccinated people be rounded up and put into camps. You have roaming bands of gangs, if you're in the States, who have guns and they're, you know, they're basically robbing and, you know, looting and raping. Well, if you don't have the right relationship with God and you die in that state, um I in my opinion that's tempting God. <laughs> that's just tempting God. Now, if you're in a right relationship with God and you happen heaven forbid, I mean that sincerely. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. But heaven forbid you should get killed. Well, 
if you have that relationship with God, you're, you're probably going to make it into heaven. And that's your upside. And, you know, that not having to live under the probably, probably unimaginable misery, you know, so. Now, if you, if you're doing other things, you know, let's just say you're not married. You don't have 15 kids and you're doing other things. I call them distractions. These are the things that you like to do and you don't want to stop because, you know, uh, I'll get into that later. But if, if you're into video games, you're watching TV shows, Netflix or Hulu um, podcast, or you're on social media. Um, you're not going to be able to get close to God by being distracted. He wants a hundred percent of you, you know, and you can read this in the new Testament, you know, he makes it quite clear, you know, the lukewarm I'll spit out of my mouth. If you were hot or cold, I could take that. And speaking of this, there's a saying in the true Catholic church, I I believe it's attributed to either St. Paul or St. Augustine, but we are in the world, but we're not to be of it, meaning that our love and dedication to God should make us oddballs in secular society. You know, if if uh, if you're more worried about what your quote unquote friends might think or what your family might think or what your boss and coworkers might think, um, you my my advice is is to um, ignore that. It's not important. Now, I've also noticed a set of accountants online tend to be what I call theology geeks. And what I mean by theology geeks is they will get into autistic arguments about papal bulls and what Pope so-and-so wrote and, you know, what this particular theologian said in the 15th century. Now, don't get it twisted. It is the duty of every Catholic to know and explain their faith. But the reason I'm I'm not gonna lie, I I, I when I see this this particular attribute online, it does get on my nerves. And because and I've I've witnessed this. I've witnessed this. The people that they're arguing with don't care, don't want to know, or are trolls just just trying to see how long they can string them along. Because before they eventually say, whoa, you're a retard, dude. You know, 
this this to do this is a, a waste of precious time. If you indeed think that the end times are coming, what the heck are you doing getting on online arguments with randos? You should be preparing spiritually. And if you're blessed enough, not just spiritually, but, you know, working on, you know, perpetuating the true Catholic faith. You know, um, you know, I, I'm going to go with this. I wrote this in my notes. Those of you who see the, the signs of the times understand that time is running out. Why are you wasting precious time in fruitless endeavors? It should be tattooed on every person that calls himself a set of a contest. Um, you should be preparing yourself, your family, and friends for a closer spiritual life with God and preparing to save what we can from the true Catholic Church and preserving it. You know, the church is more than a building with incense, with priests, you know, with Gregorian chant. Now, we should be preserving Gregorian chant, but, um, you know, we should be preserving the 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 writings every uh every true catholic writing we should be trying to preserve it just like the monasteries in western europe did during the bavarian invasions um the monasteries um you know they they were built for contemplation and getting closer to god but then when the barbarians started sacking the surrounding countryside, they were used to copy down uh, literature because a lot of old manuscripts were getting burned and pillaged. They wanted to make sure that they could pass on the ancient Greek and Roman uh, books and the early church books you know, to future generations. Father Bernard Utley, and for those of you who don't know, he's a Benedictine, um, he's a Benedictine father. Um, I'm going to get into him later, but he was addressing the 2015 Fatima conference, and he was saying, "We cannot go back to the 1950s." We are the church of the catacombs. The infant, um, I, I want to restress what he said. We are the church of the catacombs. And I want you to know the year he said it, 2015. Okay. Now, I did, I did not come across this address until like two or three weeks ago. And when I read, when I read that 
he this was in 2015 you know this man is in serious touch with god because in 2018 without even heard what he said at that conference i was thinking the same thing and i'm not trying to toot my own horn but i was thinking you know we are definitely the church in the catacombs you know but anyway now, the infant church was in Roman pagan society that outlawed their religion, persecuted and martyred them whenever possible. And here's, here's the thing, guys. They, they didn't have the option. They didn't have the option of, well, some of them did. Those who were had little money, you know, they could go form their own communities. But I want you to listen to what the bulk of the, of the infant church was made up of. Lower class, outcasts, and noble women. Now, obviously, the noble women, you know, they, they could pick up and go whenever they want. But if you're a slave... If you're a slave, um, but, oh, I forgot to add that. Yeah, it was made up of slaves, uh, lower class, and outcasts. And you're, if you're lower class, and you know you're making just enough to get your food and you know pay your landlord, you can't just pick up and go. So these people had to interact with society. Now, this is what I'm going to go back to. The old saying, we're part of the world, or we're in the world, but not part of it. These people, you know, the slaves in the lower classes, they, they had to interact with the pagan society as far as they could. But they didn't take part in pagan society. They rejected everything about it. Um... Okay, and I know there are Catholic, uh, traditional Catholic books out there that make this note. I know that there are. But this is such a known fact that I've read, and I have read these books from secular authors. They admit that by their pious example and their pious and brave martyrdoms, it eventually converted the pagan empire. It brought more Christians in. Now, you're probably wondering, well, why is he, why is he mentioning that? Because that is our mission as the true Catholic Church is to, is to um, you know, get people to convert to the true religion. We're in the business of saving souls. No, it's not up to the monks and the priests to do this. It's up to the individual believer. But I'll get into that later. Now, am I saying that we convert the entire pagan America? No. Barring, barring a, a major miracle from God, that's not going to happen. And anybody who's familiar with end times, the church end times um, theology, um, 
That's not going to happen. Reading the book of the apocalypse tells you that that's not going to happen. Once again, I want to stress, we have a duty to God to get as many people as possible to the Ark of Salvation, the true Catholic Church. And for those of you familiar with church history, they used to refer to the to the Catholic Church as the Ark of Salvation. The re okay, so I want to get into the reason why we have a neo-Catholic facade over a Protestant heresy. That starting around the 1700s, if you're into church history, I've got four four causes that I can find. One was complacency. Well, I'm in the right religion. That's enough. Somebody else will do it. Or um, they don't have a, a real relationship with God. You know, their attitude was, well, that's what the priests and religious are for. You know, I can't be bothered with, you know, prayers or, you know, uh, or uh, meditations or rosaries. I can't be bothered with that. You know, let the priests and the, re- the religious handle that. Sentimentality. I touched on this earlier. This, the attitude that we need to go back to the 1950s. That is ridiculous. We can't turn back time. Or, or, you know, some people will say, well, we need to, we need to form a Catholic uh, territory uh, and be like, you know, like the heir of the Council of Trent. That's also ridiculous for a multitude of reasons. But we live in the era that we are in because God put us in this time for a reason. He has plans that he wants us to do. So I'm 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 gonna I'm trying to be charitable, but I'm gonna be a little harsh here. Get busy and stop complaining. Three sloth. Well, you know, this stuff isn't interesting, or you know, if I do the rosary or or uh you know, meditations or, you know, uh, pray. Uh, it's going to take too much of my time. And I don't want to make the sacrifices, basically, what that boils down to. The fourth thing is more interested in worldly affairs than God's affairs. Enough said. The Apostle Paul said, We must be of one mind. That is, as long as we agree that Vatican II is a heresy and we believe the same basic Catholic truths, you are my brother in Christ. Um, Petty public internet feuds over the definition of two theological terms that you know, mean the same thing. 
And when I say these terms, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Sedeprivationist and sedevacantist. They basically mean the same thing. You know, just the, the, the definition is different. Okay, having pu- uh, petty public internet feuds over this does not interest me personally. And it does not advance our cause and is a distraction for what we should be doing. In other words, it's a distraction. We should be out trying to make converts. We should be out trying to make converts, not having stupid, stupid little, um, you know, petty, petty squabbles over stuff that doesn't even matter. As the uh, as uh, the Masons, one of the Masons who formed the United States of America once said, "We either hang together or we hang separately." So if you think that this guy's not totally filled with crap, what should I do? Remember the the parable of the talents. I think it's in the book of Luke, maybe in Matthew too, but I know it's definitely in Luke. The king gave his servants, there were three of them. He gave one ten, one five, and one one. The guys that had the ten and the five talents used them for God's kingdom and were doubly rewarded. The guy with the one talent, he didn't do anything to advance God's kingdom and was cast out of the kingdom, and his talent was given to the other two guys. So, um, there is a book. Um, I don't use it because it was it's written by a Norvis Ordo dude, but he it, it's a book about talents, finding out what you're talented in, in case you, you don't know. But I got a feeling that if you if you do some soul searching and you're brutally honest with yourself, you're you're going to know what you're good at, what you're weak at. So um, my suggestion is if you think that we should be advancing God's kingdom here on earth. um, That you use whatever, you know, use your best talent and work on what you're weak at. So if you're talented in confu- computers, use your talents for set of blogs, wiki pages. Um, and, you know, look, if you, if you really, one, one of the things, and I just know it's the sign of the times we're living in, one of the things we're, we're hurting from is there are more set of, I'm sorry, there are more um, Norbus Ordo and Neo-Catholics out there than there are of us. But we got to get more of a presence online. Okay? This, this is what I'm saying. The, the, we got to get more of a presence online. You know, if you if you go through any search engine on the internet right now, 
whenever you put up the the term set of a contest, you are going to get like 10 articles from Norvis Ordo and Neo, Neo-Catholic you know, organizations saying, oh, certificantists, they're heretics, they're heretics, have nothing to do with you. And if if you're blessed enough to have the knowledge, you will find the one or two articles that will explain the certificantists' position. Um, my, my advice is, For the love of all that's holy, don't be wasting your time debating online with the neo-Catholics, with the, with the, um, with the, uh, Norvis Ordo types, you know, don't, don't do that. It's a waste. I'm telling you, if you haven't come to that realization yet, I don't know what to tell you. In my opinion, it's a waste. What I would advise doing is letting Norvis Ordo Watch and True Restoration Radio let them, you know, expose the heresies of Vatican II. And what I would suggest is to learn apologetics you know, to convert more people. And that's, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, we're, we're not, we're not just, you know, for, for the Catholics or the neo-Catholics. We are for everybody, the pagans, the atheists, the um, agnostics, the secular people, um, the Protestants, you know, you got a bunch of Protestants converting over to orthodoxy because they've been handed a bunch of stupid garbage that says that, you know, plus, plus they're using, they're using their observational skills. They're under the deluded, the delusion that the Vatican II is the one true church, and they see what's going on, and they're like, I'm not having any part of that. You know, well, how about telling these people, you know, if if you want to, if you, you know, learn apologetics and explain to them how the, you know, this is not the true Catholic church, this is an imposter, and... You know, they should join the true Catholic Church. If you're talented with printing, and I this this really fits into what I was saying earlier. If you're talented with printing with a press, I'm not talking about printing off. Well, I mean, I guess you could use your computer printer, but we need to make permanent things like books. Like booklets. Um, I would say for the love of all that's holy, please, please, if you if you know how to use a, a printing press, 
and you you um can make books or or maybe maybe you can find somebody you know close to you who can make books who knows book binding please make inexpensive true catholic books um i bumped into this issue where um i'll i'll be recommended a book and you know it's out of print so like the cheapest copy of it is like 200 bucks i don't know about you i ain't got the resources to plop 200 books a uh, $200 down on a book um you know and like i said you know find somebody who can who can make inexpensive you know you print the books and they they figure out how to bind and make them um and as a personal aside this is totally me being selfish if it is possible to print a smaller version of the haydock bible for between 50 and 70 dollars i would be eternally grateful if you could do that i would be uh, there's no doubt. Okay, so. If you're an entrepreneur, what about starting a set of a contest religion store? Um, if you go to the Norvis... Norvis Ordo Watch website and you go to their Catholic book section, there's like five places. Five places. You know, and maybe, you know, if if you, you know, get together with the guy who knows how to print books and he's printing up how to print true Catholic books, you know, maybe you guys can form a relationship. Um, if you're an artist, how about designing shirts and posters? Um, you know, with, with a true Catholic perspective. You know, the Norvis Ordo people, they're all over the place. And, you know, if you're true Catholic, do you really want to give these people your money? If you have artistic talent, how about designing shirts and and when I say posters, I'm just talking about prints. It doesn't necessarily have to be a poster. There are apps that will help you to sell, you know, your stuff. And, you know, and put it in your description. Hey, I'm, I'm set of a contest. I'm loud and I'm proud. Get over it. If you are wealthy, how about supporting set of a contest clergy, institution, or projects, i.e. the printer, the bookmaker, i.e. the religious bookstore. How about the artist? And if you're the creative entrepreneur, uh, wealthy person, entrepreneur, how about um, starting your own project that will advance the true Catholic Church? So, um, 
you know, I mean, what I'm what I'm trying to to get you guys to to get to thinking, you know, we need to start. We need to start advancing the set of a contest agenda. Okay, it's our duty as Catholics to try to get to convert as many people as we can. But we don't know when this, you know, we don't know when the end times are going to happen. So, if you feel uh, called to be either a priest or a monk, you know, the set, the set of Acontis churches need more priests and monks and nuns. There's not enough. You know, and I suspect that's always been the case, too. You know, uh, most people don't want to take the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Because that's basically asking you to give up the things that you love. And most people aren't willing to do that. The moral story, the moral of the story is we should use whatever gift whatever gifts God gave us for his service and his church. Now, if you want to start getting closer to God spiritually, I will give you some resources. Um, some of the, the resources are going to be listed in my show notes. Um, and I'm going to make some suggestions too. Remember, your mileage may vary, you know. Not everything that I suggest is going to be to your liking. You, but, you know, if, if you seriously love God, you know, you can make minor changes and do what you can. Now, before you can undertake the spiritual life, you have to know yourself intimately. I thought that I was totally honest with myself, brutally honest, to be quite frank. Until I came across the book, which is a true blessing. It's, it's a true blessing. It's called A Catholic Viewpoint on the Four Temperaments by Brother, and I'm going to spell this out, H-E-R-M-E-N-E-G-I-L-D. I'll repeat that. H-E-M-E-N-E-G. I-L-D. This book is an invaluable resource because you fill out the test and then, you know, like I said, your, your mileage may vary, but um, you'll probably have two temperaments and it'll give you a breakdown of the pros and the cons of your two strongest temperaments. Then it instructs you on how to start the spiritual life. Um, it's on Amazon. I think the paperback is like $9.99. And you can get it on Kindle for like $2.99. Now. Father Bernard Utley. B-E-R-N-A-R-D. Utley. U-T-T-E-Y-S. He has um, 
a podcast series, which is called The Spiritual Life. It's on the Norvis Ordo Watch channel on SoundCloud. Um, I have a couple of other... Um, Okay, um, I'm going to repeat the last sentence because I had to stop. I was running out of time. Father Bernard's Utley podcast series, The Spiritual Life, is on the Norvis Ordo Watch um, channel on SoundCloud app. My suggestion is to give episode one a careful listen and see if it resonates with you. Um. You know, if, if this doesn't sound like, you know, this, this, this will help you, um, then don't do it. But if you think it resonates with you, um, there are 16 episodes of the spiritual life. And I, I, me personally, I've listened to every, every episode three times. And one of the things that's an invaluable tool, and it really is, you might, my suggestion is if you listen to this podcast and you listen to all 16 episodes, keep, keep some paper handy because he's going to give you um, the names of spiritual books and their authors. He's going to give you the names of spiritual books and their authors. And um, it's, you know, just write them down. I'm not saying you have to read them, but at least write down the titles and see what appeals to you. Maybe you want a short book, you know, or maybe you want something a little more meatier. But he he's going to give you plenty of resources on this. Now, um, I'm going to go on record and say that Father Bernard has the most beautiful soul I've ever encountered. And I don't say that lightly. I've, I've met a lot of people in my time and, um, he's, all I got to say is, is he should be a saint because, I mean, there's a reason I listened to 16 episodes three times. There's a reason, you know, um, you could just, you can hear the charity in his voice. Um, and I want to, I want to, before I go into suggestions, I want to um, end with this this thought. Um, books, reading, are a necessity. They are a necessity in the spiritual life. Actually, one of the saints... I forget which one, um, 
But he basically said, if you're not reading spiritual reading, then you're not going to make it to heaven. And Father Bernard, he, he doesn't often say stuff that I disagree with, but he was saying, well, you know, some people, um, they don't like reading. Well, that's part of spiritual growth is doing things for the sake of God that you don't like and don't interest you. Now, I understand there are some people that, you know, they have, they have bars to reading that, that keep them, you know, from, from reading an actual book. But if you just don't like reading, and by the way, I've noticed not everyone, but a lot of the two younger generations, the millennials and the Zoomers, um, they don't like reading. They do not like reading. And, you know, you know, let me, let me just say that I had to stop a bunch of things that I like doing because God didn't like them. Now, you know, those of you, you know, I'm sure you, you're aware that Oh, yeah, that's part of service to God. That kind of comes with the deal. But there are also things that, you know, I'm doing for God's sake. You know, I don't particularly, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm not wild about it, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get closer to God. And, you know, sometimes you do things that you don't want to do out of service to God. If you can read and you're not doing it because, you know, you don't like reading. Um, well, I just would advise that, you know, try, try reading even if you don't like it. And by the way, you know, podcasts are a wonderful thing. But I've been, I've been consuming podcasts since 2017. Oh, actually, before then, probably 2015, 2016. Um, a podcast can only give you so much. A book can give you context and information that because a book can go into detail where a podcast can't. And I think those of you who consume it know this. All right, so here's my suggestions. Now, I will say, I will say that your mileage may vary. These are just my suggestions. You know, do what works for you. But, you know, you should be trying to do something, you know, give a little effort. Okay, so... Pray one rosary a day. And when I say one rosary, I'm not talking one decade. I'm talking five. If that's not possible, try doing chaplet. Chaplets are a decade. You know. Try to read one chapter of the Bible. <laughs> um, 
most most books in the Bible are um <laughs> they're very short, you know. Uh depends it depends on the author. But your average book in the New Testament's probably going to run you maybe 15-20 pages. Your average chapter, you know, uh on average is going to be I don't know, maybe two or three paragraphs. Some are a little longer, but what I'm saying is this isn't a big chore. Now, my suggestion is if you've never read the Bible, if you've never read it, start with the New Testament. Start with the New Testament. Once you understand the New Testament, and, and by the way, I'm going to go back. When you do read the Bible, if it doesn't have commentary, get a, a commentary to go with it. Because uh, that commentary is going to be invaluable. Now, I know there are Protestants running around out there. They can quote you chapter and verse. But guess what? A lot of them, not all, some of them do have concordances and stuff. But they're from Protestant sources. So, you know, they completely reject the original you know, teaching and, and context. So they're already starting off wrong. But I'm telling you, a, a, a commentary will be invaluable. Um, I've seen commentaries on the whole Bible on Catholic, traditional Catholic stores for like 50 bucks. Um, try to buy a pre-1958 prayer book. Now, one well, warning here. Um, I'm not a big fan of the 16th century English, but um, you know, uh, the, your your pre 1958 prayer book, unless you're blessed enough to find one that's you know in uh, updated English. It's going to be in the Dewey Reims uh, vernacular. Um, I wouldn't trust any any prayer book made after 1958. Um, also, going along with this, you should try to do a morning prayer. Uh, before you start your day, you know, it doesn't have to be right when you get up unless you feel like that works for you, but it should be before you go to work or start your day. And then an evening prayer before you go to bed. And going back to what I was saying about spiritual reading, um, Kindle has an app, you know, for the phone and the tablet. And a lot of the books, I, this is not ideal for me. I actually like an actual book, but because my my uh, my life in general has been so chaotic over over the past eleven months, um, I've basically been forced to buy Kindle books when I'd actually like to read. Hard copies. Um, 
Now, if you like hard copies, um, I'm going to list I'm going to list traditional Catholic uh, books resources. You can buy them off there. Um, you know, and if you if you have a specific title in mind that you want to get, but none of the set of a contest book stars have them, you know, don't feel bad about using Amazon or eBay. Um, you know, because you, you're, you're, we want to support the set of a contest movement, but at the same token, you know, your relationship with God comes first. And my suggestion is, you know, especially if you put them on your phone or your tablet, you know, you don't have to sit down and read like three chapters. Um, I have two 15-minute breaks and a half-hour lunch. If I don't have anything going on throughout the day, um, you know, I will take the two 15 minutes and the, the half-hour lunch and read as much as I can. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to do this. What I'm saying is, just try to work it into your to your routine to where you take a few minutes, maybe read a couple pages. You know, nobody's nobody's expecting you to be uh, Mr. Perfect. So I'm just gonna give a closing remark. Um, I'm probably ruffled a lot of feathers. Um, but I just want to close that with saying that I did this podcast with, with the utmost of charity, you know, um, uh, that's why I didn't mention any names. I didn't, you know, I'm it's, and like I said, this is not a condemnation of said of a contest. Like I said, I don't know many said of a contest in real life. My interaction with most said of a contest is through social media. And this, this is not a, a, you know, this is not an attack on said of a contest or said of a contest in general. But, these are observations. And I feel like this really needs, this message really needs to be spread. Because for all we know, the end times can start tomorrow morning. In which case, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I just... I just, we're supposed to be the true church. We should be acting like it and we should be caring for other people that they get to heaven. You know, I've, I've run into people online. I don't care for the Hindu or the Jew. Well, then you don't have the spirit of God because he does. 
you know. I've also bumped into to other set of accountants, especially during the, you know, the chaos of the Trump administration. And I was telling them, hey, you guys need to make preparation. You need to make preparation and you need to prepare for what's coming. And I would get answers like, oh, I put my faith and trust in God. Now, I'm not saying that's, that's, that's wrong. But Jesus in, in the book of Matthew, St. Matthew said, we need to be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. Meaning, yes, we're to put our faith and trust in, in, in Jesus and in his mother that they will look after us. But we're to use our common sense or our, what uh, Bishop Sanborn calls our natural reason. Which means, um, you know, you're, you're to prepare for whatever comes, but you're not, you're not to naively think, oh, Jesus is, Jesus is going to have a major miracle, man. He's going to have a major miracle. Now, I'm not saying that that ain't possible, but you're to prepare in case, you know, you don't get the major miracle that you were expecting. You know, like I said, um, there's, there's an old school saying that says, uh, hope for the, hope for the best, expect the worst. Yeah. I can't make it any clearer than that, but anyway, I hope, I hope that this message that I gave you was the Holy Ghost working through me. And I hope that it gives you it gives you food for thought, if nothing else. It gives you food for thought. And um I hope that through the Holy Ghost maybe some of you will get a different perspective. But my intention was not to be hateful or spiteful or any of that. Um, I just feel if my tone was a little rough and harsh, it's just because I, I feel like time is running short and we need to be making the most of it. So I want to say thank you for your time and your patience. And I want to say God bless you. Um, I hope he takes care of your special, uh, your temporal and spiritual needs. And I want to say thank you and, uh, have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye.